Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Start Somewhere and it's being beamed in from the Youth um, for Climate Summit in Milan. It's very exciting. This is my first in-person podcast recording since January 2019. I mean, that is just so scary. And, you know, this is going out in 2021. So, you know, rather worrying. So today I am joined by an amazing guest and I'm so, so excited to speak to her, uh, called Nafisa Richardson, who is the Youth for Climate Delegate from St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Welcome Nafisa, how are you? Thank you, thank you for the welcome. It's pleasure, it's amazing to be here in Milan surrounded by so many amazing youth activists and I'm just looking forward to learning and sharing and coming out with some really concrete um, documents and hoping that at the COP our leaders will commit to what the young people are saying. So I'm just really excited and I'm pumped and I'm looking forward to this podcast. So as you know, with this podcast, I always start by asking, how did you start somewhere? So tell us about like, you know, where you grew up, you know, what was important to you um, and, and what your passions were as a child. Sure. Um, I believe that my advocacy journey began when I was just seven years old. I joined the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts. I was a brownie. So <laughs> <That> was I. <laughs> I was a brownie and we were introduced at that age to simple things like um, a healthy diet and teamwork. And I remember I entered a public speaking competition and I was, you know, I was only seven, but I was thinking, okay, I'm going to speak to people about um, a healthy diet and the ways that you can, you know, change your daily lifestyle and eat, eat better. And after the competition, I was probably, even then I was one of the youngest people there and I won. And I was like, okay, I, I, can, I can do this. I have a voice and people are listening to me. And I think from there, I just took on other platforms. I moved up in the ranks in girl guiding and it led me to now starting my own organization. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I, I, I pretty much kind of knew where I wanted to go when I was seven, but I mean, to get up on a stage and talk, I mean, that takes enormous guts and, and, and courage to do that. And just, just extraordinary. And, um, you know, so how are you living your purpose now? I mean, you're, you're, you're a one young welder. Uh, you've also founded your own organization. Um, so love to hear about, uh, about what you're doing. Sure. Um, I would actually like to think that it started, well, my organization or the idea behind it started at One Young World. I went to the 2018, I believe, summit in The Hague. And there, you know, I was, it was my first big international conference. And I just got, <laughs> I got to meet so many young people who had their own initiatives and I was accepted based on my history with guiding, but I, I left there and I felt, you know, when you leave young, one young world, you're, you're pumped. You leave with so much enthusiasm and so much excitement to start more projects back home. And to me, I realized that in St. Vincent, we didn't have that sort of forum to bring young people together to discuss what issues they're going through, what issues they're facing in their local communities, and then to see how they can 
raise them to a higher level to take them to the prime minister or at the regional level in the OECS or even on the global platforms. So that's why I started my organization, Spark SVG. And our motto is that it only takes a spark to ignite positive change. Yay, I love that. <laughs> so we basically have an annual youth summit where we bring together young people ages 18 to 30 under one roof. COVID has had us online for the past two. But we basically bring young people together with experts to talk about the SDGs, to talk about climate change, gender issues, entrepreneurship, how they can start their own businesses. And then to say, after the summit now, how can I go out into my communities and put what I learned into practice? How can I start my own advocacy projects? How can I start my own business? That sort of thing. So that's a lot of the work that we do at SPAC. Amazing. And tell us a bit about St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I mean, it, it, it's spectacularly beautiful. It's like a, a, an amazing jewel, but has, has really suffered very firsthand the effects of climate change and 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 and, and you know some terrible terrible events in re- very recent times so tell us a bit about you know your your home and and and, and why it's so special and and what people have been experiencing um definitely i love my country st vincent and the grenadines we have 32 islands and keys and um we call ourselves the gem of the Antilles because well our flag has on three diamonds and you know it's sparkling blue waters lush vegetation it's breathtaking untouched um not not harmed by too much development and that sort of thing however we are prone to a lot of natural disasters because of where we're situated recently um this this year early this year in april we experienced an explosive volcanic eruption um it affected over 20,000 people had to be evacuated from their homes and move into shelters or into private homes some today are still living in shelters um education has been affected by that as well because the shelters are actually schools so kids are not able to go to their schools because they're housing people um so some schools are that are actually currently being rebuilt um we have had our economy has suffered terribly um tourism the tourism sector was enormously devastated and just to remind you that while we're suffering with the effects of the eruption we're also going through COVID-19 and the pandemic and having to deal with those dynamic dynamics and we also had a dengue fever dengue fever outbreak (laughs) through all of that so it has really been a trying time for my country this past year but it has just also shown the resilience of our people to you know despite all of that to be able to compete still in the regional and global markets and to have you know even for me to be able to be here in Milan after having experienced all of that is just a testament to how resilient we are as a people I mean it's just breathtaking (laughs) you know I mean it is it's, it's absolutely shocking and and you know as as we know you know these events are, are are just becoming rapid and more frequent um and across the world i mean i i experienced firsthand you know i i was doing a podcast a recording in france um you know a couple of weeks ago at the hillside opposite me was on fire uh and the person i was interviewing was in north michigan and experiencing a huge storm and um you know, the, the storm blew out the, um, the well, blew out their electrics, their internet, 
and then a tree fell on that car so i mean it, it you know it, it 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 it's real it's vivid it's here and and we need to do something about it and also i mean what i wanted to ask you about um was you know when we look at the cop 26 lineup the delegates um there's very little female <laughs> <laughs> uh or, or or any other diverse uh, you know inclusive representation can you tell me like why is that so important you know we can't just have the west you know white men <laughs> you know we need them we need them as part of the team but but like why is it so important like a conference like here today to really hear from the world um well i think it's it's quite simple if we only have a particular group if we only have white men speaking then they can only speak to the issues that white men are facing they can't speak to the issues that women are facing that people from small island developing states like myself are facing cuz i mean even though i spoke about the volcanic eruption soon after like i think a month after we had a storm and because of all the ash that was left back with the eruption we had immense flooding that also destroyed homes and agriculture so that just to show you um that even with that disaster climate change was also a huge part and it it just exacerbated what was already done so when we have forums like cop that are supposed to be diverse and inclusive and are supposed to represent everyone it's really disappointing that only certain groups are being represented and for instance the issues of women and the issues of people from the caribbean for instance may not be as equally represented on such a global platform so it really is disappointing i think that there's a lot of work to be done to ensure that in the future i mean we've been preaching about inclusivity and diversity for decades now right. so <laughs> to think that in 2021 that that's still happening and that there's not enough fuss about it that nobody's saying hey look at this lineup this is a problem um it shows that you know there's still so much more work to be done to get rid of these systemic issues and these systemic challenges that um are being experienced in forums like cop yeah well well said and it's something i feel you know particularly you know uh strongly about and and which is why i'm involved in organizations like she changes climate and you know in order to create a better more sustainable world and regenerative planet we need to have everyone at the table we need to have everyone's voices at the table and traditionally the west have 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 been louder <laughs> if you like but also the west have been better at getting out of these problems i mean you know we've seen a lot of climate related problems you know even new york was hit by a hurricane and and you know i mean now people who are living in in underground you know like um basement flats are, are being forced to move out but you know the the truth of the matter is that the west has more money to pay their way out of these situations and 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 you know in much of the world they don't and also you know during the covid times that we've gone backwards in terms of 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 inclusive inclusivity and also female education and i know you feel very very strongly about about women and girls and and and, and what you're doing so would you like to tell us a little bit about what you're specifically doing around women and girls 
I'm sure I think um, as it relates to climate issues, we must recognize that it's not just an environmental issue. It's a woman's issue. It's an issue for girls. I work with, I'm the coordinator of the Commonwealth Youth Gender and Equality Network. And we have a network of about 200 young people from across the Commonwealth. And we work very actively to promote gender issues and um, gender equality. And I also do a podcast with UNGAI, the UN Girls Education Initiative, where we speak with experts about, you know, the work that they're doing and how young young female advocates can push to, you know, be that great. So I'm a big proponent of gender equality. And if we look at even our responses to climate issues, we have to think about how we respond to women and how we respond to girls because girls and women, women and girls have unique issues and unique needs that must be met, ensuring that their um, SRHR needs are thought about and are included in the policies that we put in place to combat um, climate change and how it affects that group of people. It's something that I think is often left out of the conversation. I'm pretty sure that with the lineup with COP, it will be left out of the conversation. Basically ensuring that all genders, all people are represented. It's really important to the work that I do and to the climate response. Hear, hear. Well said. I'm like right behind you there. It's so impressive, you know, what you're doing. And then, you know, at this part of the interview, I always ask, you know, how can we start somewhere? Like, you know, for the people who are listening to this podcast, what are the things they can actually start by doing uh, to, to, to really create change in the world? And, you know, earlier we heard Greta talking about, you know, it's, uh, you know, hope is action you know, and we need action now. So love to hear your thoughts on how we can all get started. Um, sure. I think like with the, the name of the podcast, Start Somewhere, and I, I'm a big proponent of starting small. Um, if you want to start in a movement, you have to first convince those around you. Start with your family members, your friends, your colleagues. Tell them how you feel and try to convince them. Once you're successful with them, then reach outside of that small group, going to your communities, your community groups. Um, you can start your own organization like I did or join so many of the established groups that are out there already and get involved, grow your network. And then once you feel as though you have that, that push behind you, you've grown your community, then you can start to speaking to your leaders, your prime ministers, your presidents, your local governments, reaching out to them and saying, hey, I have 500 young people in my community who feel very strongly that we need a female representative in the um, environmental ministry. I have two friends who experienced um, whatever issue that they face and this is how we feel about it and this is what we think needs to be done. And use science, use statistics, because some people only respond to numbers. Ensure that you have your finances down. Ensure that you have your numbers, your statistics down, so that when you speak, you speak from a place of knowledge, and they will they will respond. Keep knocking on the doors. Mm-hmm. Like they say, if you can't get a seat at the table, bring a folding chair, and just to be resilient. It, it doesn't happen overnight. I know for me, I'm still... You know, even though I've been doing this for years now, I still feel as though I have a long way to go. The road ahead of me is quite long, but it's just so important that we be consistent and we continue to knock on those doors and hopefully they will listen.
Well, to my mind, they have to listen because, I mean, all around us, you know, events are occurring which are undeniable and unfortunately man-made. So we need to, uh, you know, get on with it. I was going to say something a little bit more <laughs> rude there, but I, I think uh, I, I won't. <laughs> but um, you, I need to let you go because you've got another working session after lunch. You need to eat something. So thank you so, so much what a, a, an amazing and impressive young woman you are i mean just 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 incredible keep going i know sometimes it feels really hard but you know the work you're doing is incredible thank you so much thank you so much it was wonderful speaking to you you um made me feel very comfortable which is very important and yeah i have a packed day ahead of me <laughs> so i'm gonna get something to eat and dive into our sessions later thank you and speak soon and you have to keep me posted on on all your developments Well, I mean, Nafisha just blew me away and I'm sure she did you as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's so humbling and, and you know, such a, a, a timely reminder for us about, you know, the effects of climate change and, 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 and you know, what it's doing to island nations, you know, who have really been hit so hard. So a big thank you to Nafisha for all she's doing and, and, and for flying the flag so brilliantly for, for St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Tomorrow we have another extraordinary guest. I was so humbled that she had the time to come and speak to us on this podcast. She is the amazing Dr. Gail Bradbrook, who is the founder of Extinction Rebellion, who, you know, has extraordinary courage and, and inspiration and is really, you know, fighting climate change very actively. So I really look forward to sharing, you know, this podcast with you. I think you'll find it breathtaking. Thank you.